0: Welcome to the latest 5th Step podcast on the CIO priorities for 2017. The reason we're uh, looking at those priorities is that according to a recent, recently released Harvey Nash and KPMG survey of CEOs, there are four priorities that uh, all those who participated in the survey identified as being their key priorities for 2017. Uh, so today I'll be talking to 5th Step CEO Darren Ray about those priorities. And uh, so Darren, what's the first one that they were concerned about? Yeah,
1: Chris. Great. Um, Consistent and stable IT. Um, This really, um, we were talking just before the um, we recorded the podcast, and uh, you said it's um, very much about going back to the the basics of what IT was first introduced for. But creating stability and consistency of IT is something that um, thirty percent of the CIOs were interviewed by um, Harvey Nash and KPMG now. It's good to set some context around this survey and why it's such a good source of information and why we're talking about it so much is that um, this survey interviews uh, four and a half thousand CIOs Mm -hmm. and I think this year they um, it was across eighty six different countries so it's a really good source of information. Yeah, it is, and they cover a great deal of industry sectors as well, all the industry sectors, in fact. So it's a really good um, source of information. So consistent and stable IT, what does it really look like? Well. It's very much looking at the world of IT from the business perspective. And what the business wants is consistency. They want to be able to rely on the IT that's being implemented. And they want um, stability, so they want it to be predictable. They want to know that it's going to be working next week as well as it's working this week. And they want it to be working in a month's time in a similar fashion, hopefully a better fashion if if that's not so high. So making sure that... Uh, organizations or IT leaders, specifically, understand the impact of the changes that they make and um,
0: and how they might go around or go about um, sure. implementing consistent and stable IT. That's well. That's interesting because you know, having interviewed you and various other people in the tech sector over the last few years, one gets to read lots of white papers saying that you know you can't get anywhere these days unless you got some with bang blockchain or artificial mm-hmm. intelligence module attached to it all. Uh, and this seems to be saying really, said, let's go back to the fundamentals. I think they are, Chris, but I think they're going to be um,
1: um, wanting their cake and eat it to a certain degree as well. So they're going to want to be able to have those things um, because as we we'll, as we move through some of the other priorities, they want those things, but they also want to be able to rely upon and depend upon their IT as they go as they go through. So the reliable
0: IT is kind of like the the, the cake, and the blockchain could be learned, the the cream. Um, on, on, top of, on top of the cake, with the, with the raspberry ripple in, in the middle. Chris, you are a, a, a wordsmith. Um,
1: you know, it's very obvious um, that you're a um, come from a PR background. No, right? I just like cake. You no. just like cake. <laughs> All right, <laughs> It's the same thing, I guess, in the end. But um, yeah, so. Helping organizations do that is really where um, IT leaders need to be looking at. Well, I think the core of that is implementing good IT general controls because it helps you get that stability, get that consistency, and also allows um, you as the IT leader to understand where the um,
0: sticking points are and where, where you need to improve things. So, well, how do you go about achieving that? all, well, you know, there's so much complexity in our in IT environments these days. Obviously, an individual for me, I mm-hmm. with his iPhone. To I don't know, to a finance director or an IT director, mm-hmm. maybe from a global organisation, what what do you need to do to go about doing?
1: It? Well, there's a number of um, IT general controls. Um, uh, these are the foundational points of IT. Now, I, I've always found that they're um, uh, not terribly well um, documented, but um, as you know, Chris, I yeah. hope to be remedying that over the next uh, few months as the um, you know as my um, book comes out and talks about that. Yeah. Now, um, implementing those IT general controls gives you that base, that gives you that foundation, gives you the steady rock on which to base the rest of your um, your, your IT and your business upon. But it's also about change and good change management and using experienced project managers. Um, you Know uh, using experienced project managers, some people say, Oh, that's an expensive way because uh, experienced project managers cost so much. That's true. Okay, good project managers cost a lot, but you really ought to know how much bad project managers cost. Yeah, you know, yeah, because the total far cost of of weighs the cost. Of it a, does, the total cost of
0: ownership is something that people yeah. don't necessarily weigh up so much. Yeah, and so, um, so well, in terms of the, the uh, clients you spoke to recently, I mean, have, have you have they have mentioned any? Particular areas of fundamentals that they, they they want you to look at um,
1: around um, around IT general controls spe- specifically, or around the consistent stable IT.
0: Well, I think you're, you mentioned that. Uh, I think you spoke to a client who said that pro- project mon- management actually, perversely, going against the grain a little bit. We said it become a co-
1: commodity skill these days. I mean, yeah, that's right. No, that's what they. That's you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, they do believe that it's become a, a commodity skill, and therefore anyone can do it. Mm. My um, my observation is, though, that project managers, um, sure, many, many people have the title of project manager, but they don't necessarily have all the experience necessary, and particularly when you're talking about complex uh, projects and programs of work, they don't have the experience to actually do that. And therefore, you put someone who is potentially under-experienced um, into a role that makes them uncomfortable and, and potentially costs the organization far, okay. uh, far more
0: much far. Uh, more than it otherwise might do. No, no, understood, understood. So I think moving on to the next uh, key point, I think you wanted me to to, uh, to talk about was there. Uh, well, we want you to talk about is uh, operational. Operational efficiency. Well, you talk about it for a while. Well, I mean, uh, I'm always achieving operational efficiency. I, I did the other day actually with my uh, telephone, saving myself £80 on, on one phone call that lasted 10 minutes. Well done. With BT move, uh, moving over to, I won't mention never providing, that would be an advert, but it was a, it was a smart piece of business in the world. Well done, Chris. Uh, a great
1: operational efficiency. Yeah, we shall employ you all, um, to, um, to work with our clients on their uh, <laughs> telephony projects. It'll be a new experience. People <laughs> <if laughs> certainly would. Um, yeah, operational efficiencies. Um, if you go back a few years, um, and we're not talking about too many years for some organisations, it was perfectly acceptable for them to have. Um, people employed just to key data from one system to another. Yeah. And some people perhaps listening to this podcast will still uh, recognise that and perhaps even have um, people who are responsible for I don't that.
0: I students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go, know, absolutely.
1: So... Uh, but times have changed. Um, Organisations are not looking to have either the, the delay in transferring the data or indeed the increase in uh, the risk that's associated with that, that kind of inefficiency these days. So systems have to talk to one another and they have to be able to um, do so um, quickly. That's just an example uh, of an operational uh, efficiency. But making sure that um, your IT department recognises What the business priorities are and has a greater understanding of what the business, uh, the business that your organization is in, what makes it tick and what makes it efficient and what makes it less efficient is very much um, uh, an increased responsibility of a CIO or, or of an IT leader these days.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what, what are the other area, key areas of, of efficiency um, in terms of maybe monitoring and gathering data, for example, is that, is that one of the areas?
1: Yeah, very much. I mean, um, as I mentioned in the first, um, the first section there, we, um, we implement IT general controls because it helps us gather data about what the organisation regards as being important and where the sticking points are. And that helps us um, create improvement plans and improvement processes as well. The second part, I believe, um, is really about um, inco- encouraging um, business improvement and innovation. Um, so, not standing still. This sort of comes to your point earlier on, Chris, of yeah. you know, um, organisations need a new blockchain list and you know something else there. Um, organisations want that innovation; they want that business improvement. Okay, but it's got to address um, the operational efficiency. Uh, question. It can't just be a shiny new thing no. um, that looks great in the corner. It's got to actually
0: achieve something and, uh, and drive out some efficiency for the, uh, the so audience. It's not just about adding new value, it's about making the most of the, the value that you're creating and uh, achieving that in the most yeah. efficient way possible. And making sure that you can magnify the capability of your in house resources.
1: Yeah. The resources that are there doing a great job for you, um, helping them to do their job. Uh, better and more efficiently is one hundred percent what i t should be there to do, not causing problems where they have to key the data into you know two systems or you know, pull the data from one system and join it with another system to you yeah. know, to get the, the true picture I imagine i
0: mean we've got so, there are so many things going on in terms of the internet of things and the way that technology is transforming the world, the world is becoming much faster paced. You only have to walk through the city of London to know that the way things are going. People seem to be walking 25% faster than they did even a year ago. With I mean, a perception I had only recently when I was coming back from work. I mean, so if you're an organisation, you know, if you need to implement change, it must be difficult to achieve that change when it's happening. Everything going on around you, your infrastructure and environment, it's changing so quickly. So how do you manage that tension? Well, uh, it,
1: it to a large degree, that comes back to using experienced uh, project managers again, but it also um, understanding um, and helping ensure that projects and change programs that are underway are addressing the business um, priorities, um, helping them um, address the operational efficiencies through the change uh, projects that you've got underway. It Must it, be a delicate mix, I suppose. It is a delicate mix, Chris. Yeah, I mean, because many organisations at the moment, are having to implement um, operational um, changes, regulatory changes, they've also got uh, change they want to implement to you know improve their position in the market, perhaps create new products, and we'll talk about that in, um, in, uh, as one of the other priorities. Yeah. But all of those things have to be combined with uh, stable and consistent IT and operational efficiencies. So yeah, it's a very much a delicate.
0: Okay, I mean well I think you just alluded to it there, but the, the so what what is the third priority that came out of the survey
1: so the third priority is new products and services now it's very much um, um, part and parcel of what um, i t is about these days it's about innovation it's about enablement of the business and um, you know the business being very much a strategic asset of um, you know of, sure. the, of the business, not just a um, a cost, I guess. Um, so, fourteen um, percent of the respondents to the uh, to the survey actually identified this as um, one of their top priorities. So the previous two um, priorities were thirty percent each. Yes. So um, between the two of them, they cover off sixty percent of the um, of the uh, of the priorities, and this one uh, takes us up to seventy four percent. But this one has actually grown um, by. Twenty one percent as year on year, so a twenty
0: one percent increase Within in that. 40%, in, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So there are there are a number of barriers though to achieving that. Uh, that that development isn't aren't there. There are there are, there are very much so.
1: Um, very often, the reason that organisations um, can't implement new products and uh, services is. The software that they've implemented may be legacy. It may be old mainframe systems that really um, struggle to cope with, um, you know, uh, integrating with modern uh, web systems or mobile systems, uh, for example. Um, It may be that the software has actually been configured in such a way that's making it uh, more. Uh, difficult to um, extend or expand in the way that uh, the organisation now wants to um, wants to move. That, you know, they're just some of the uh, the barriers that can um, you know that can appear or IT orientated barriers that can appear
0: appear uh, when um, organisations are pushing to create new products. So, and I think you mentioned you know unusual or restric- restrictive uh, business and IT practices. I sort of imagine going back to my days in the eighties, having my forty eight k spectrum. That, that you know, going into an organisation, finding everyone playing Manic Miner or whatever, and trying to update them—you've never come across anything as uh, restrictive or unusual as that, I imagine. No, so, uh, no, not, not so much, Chris. So Manic Miner,
1: um, whilst an excellent game, is um, um, constrained uh, um, now. Are very much in organisations. You don't find that so really, much. yeah. Shame, aren't yeah. Right, no.
0: yeah, Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> your knowledge of 80s oh, no, uh, arcade no. games and uh, home second to yeah. oh, none, rivaled that's why that's where i got to the place i am today <laughs> indeed indeed <laughs> but um so moving moving swiftly on whatever, whatever sort of uh you know, popular barriers have you experienced well, one um
1: one of the ones that i think this um thankfully decreasing these days is the um the mentality if you like of it you know that says, oh, what IT says goes, uh, and that's implementing. You know that led to a uh, a very restrictive IT approach. You know, IT would say, oh well, no, you can only have, you know, this kind of software or any software that um, that meets this certain criteria can be implemented. There are still sometimes legitimate reasons why that may still need to be the case. But thankfully, these days. That's, um, um, very much on the decline, and organisations are recognising that the software they implement needs to meet the business objectives uh, first and foremost, and that IT needs to fit around that and that actually make it work. So, effectively,
0: we're talking about the alignment of the IT and, and, and the business strategy. I mean, when you when you go in, I know you, I know you talk to IT directors and CIOs and uh, technology leaders, but in your conversation, say with the C-suite or CEOs, what what do you know, they what are they looking? for? Well, you're right. Um, it is about uh, alignment of IT and business uh, strategy,
1: but that's becoming more fluid these days. Um, you know, a few years back, people might have had a, um, a written uh, you know business strategy. Um, these days, they'll have uh, a collection of uh, strategic objectives and um, uh, and tactical goals they need to achieve, uh, and it needs to be more fluid um, and more you know from an IT. Um, uh, perspective. It needs to be more based on um, what what's the top priority. You know, we've worked with clients, for example, where they've said, we're definitely not going to do any of this yeah, anymore. Yeah. And three weeks later, they've uh, bought an organisation that does exactly that. Um, and you say, oh, well, three weeks is perhaps an exaggeration, perhaps yeah, three okay. months. But... Um, um, but if you'd been a, a traditional, taken a traditional IT approach, then you may have depreciated or you know uh, locked part of that IT down, so that it was um, harder to um, take new business into that area. But um, and then the change of business direction, the opportunistic nature that business has to follow, or very much follows these days, means that. Um, that would have disadvantaged the business you know then would have had to be a load of work to uh, bring it back online and to be able to uh, extend
0: extend it and expand it in the way that the business now needs okay okay so if we move on to the final priority which our, our listeners may not be surprised to learn is saving costs as mm. no, no, I understand it so you know how are they focused on, on this area when I first looked at this, I uh, have to confess, I,
1: I, I looked at it from uh, the initial perspective of, well, how much more cost is there to take out of IT? But actually, that's not really what it's about. Um, and as I thought about it um, you know, a little bit more, the, what really comes to the fore is that they're looking for, businesses are looking for um, IT to enable cost savings, not just within IT. If there are costs to be saved within IT, obviously they have to be ma- made there as well as across the rest of the organisation. But enabling, uh, IT is a, a cost-saving uh, enabler. So yeah. some things can be automated, for example. You know, you don't want your staff um, having to do something that can be automated. You know Business process improvement um, initiatives and automated or automation initiatives very much come uh, into this area. So, what other common themes and approaches are that could be deployed? Well, I guess the um, uh, one of the main ones is the increased use of uh, business information and bu- business intelligence. I'm a firm believer in um, you know data led decision making. Um, that the the necessity behind that is actually you have the data in the first instance. Many businesses still run with a complete uh, lack of um, of good information. Um, uh, that said, um, you know there is an increasing trend and has been for some time of implementing business intelligence um, uh, programs, but they're never ending. Um, you know, organisations are always improving or getting more data and finding new ways to analyse the data that they've already got. But there's a real uh, wealth of uh, information
0: there. So, what is, is, is there one last element you might want to focus on?
1: Oh, well, nicely queued up, uh, Chris. Thank you for that. Um, there is I, I think um, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier on but the, the concept of understanding the total cost of ownership not just assuming that the, um, the lowest cost on paper is actually the lowest cost in the long, long run an example of this is I believe at least um, the trend towards um, offshoring that was very very popular um, you know a few years ago. Um, it's very much now been reversed. Yes. Um, so there's a lot more onshoring of IT and bringing it back in-house and, and things like that. Now, I think there are a number of reasons for that, but one of the factors was that the total cost of ownership wasn't considered. Um, the um, On paper, the uh, the numbers looked very good, but the experience that the organisations had after they'd um, implemented a, um, uh, an offshore uh, or yeah, an offshore policy um, actually didn't meet their expectations.
0: And, uh, and indeed, I mean, I was reading a few articles on the whole the B A um, you know um, debate that have been recently outed. I, I hope
1: one of those was our, our, our blog. Uh, yeah, but, it was.
0: Yeah. It was yes, absolutely. That was top of the list, clearly. Mm. But there were well even, recovered. There was some, there was there was some inferior. Inferior oh, um, yeah, blogs that, that uh, I also have to too read, far. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and they mentioned what. No, I don't know if this is true or, not, or, or if there's any credence to these sort of claims. That uh, offshoring may may have played a part. I mean, did you read any of those blogs, do you, do you, or do you think they were just being harsh? I think there were some of the unions that may have been trying to put, put you know, the onus on uh, alternative, alternative territories, which which may have been unfair, but. Yeah, I guess guess there's likely to be a number
1: of reasons why that incident occurred. The very latest information I heard um, uh, was that it was actually caused by um, someone interrupting the power. It wasn't, um, as was originally um, thought, a power outage. It was actually a mistake made by um, someone on site within the data centre who had um, um, switched the power off um, quite why or whatever hasn't been revealed. Um, So at this point in time I think it was perhaps um, it was perhaps unfair um, to blame um, uh, offshore resources. Um, If they've got the you know if any IT department has got the right uh, processes and procedures doesn't matter whether they're onshore or offshore then they'll be able to do a good job. Um, um, Sometimes geography is important so actually being able to get your hands on on the server itself can be important but very very rarely these days so I would like to think that it wasn't uh, down to down to that, but um, you know, perhaps the person making the comment was um, a lot closer to um, um, to the source of knowledge than than obviously we are. Okay, well, I think there's
0: been you've put across some uh, uh, very useful uh, tips again uh, as ever in this blog in terms of the uh, aspects that people should be looking to do. But what should your next steps be? Well,
1: okay, I think I've um, I've drilled it down to about. Um, uh, Five next steps um, um, I would start with um, assessing your current maturity understanding where you are um, right at the moment um, there may be some of the uh, priorities that are either not high priority for your organisation or actually that your IT department is doing very well mm. um, so if that's the case understand that and um, whilst keeping a, a watching brief on those you know, don't look to improve those or change those um, right at the moment ok number two Implement the improvements. So, having um, looked at the maturity, um, implement um, some of the uh, suggestions that we've um, that we've made during this podcast, and uh, in the subsequent blog there'll be um, some more information as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So go through uh, go through those. Um, I would um, include things like um, implement IT general controls, um, um, uh, use experienced project management that includes uh, um, uh, the use of a a good project management framework. Yeah. and implement uh, uh, an innovative improvement uh, a, a approach okay. as well. So you mentioned that with the implement IT general controls, Now, how is that famous book coming along that you've been working on? <laughs> <up>? What <laughs> do you mean? <laughs> uh,
0: the book is... Um, um, work in progress. Uh, it's is, is nearing completion. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is it a work of continuous improvement? It is, there has been a work <laughs> of continuous improvement, you're
1: quite right. Um, yeah it's reaching a, a, a conclusion actual fact Chris and um, you know you've seen uh, you've seen uh, some evidence of that um, for for uh, for those who are disbelievers among us yes, amongst yes. us um, but uh, yeah I'm, i' i'm hoping to have that uh, done and make that uh, available for people to uh, um, um, so i think I think that would be a
0: great piece of you know genuine thought leadership so I'm looking forward to reading that one when, uh, when we get a chance, Great. hopefully by the summer. Yeah, I agree. I'm not I, holding you to that deadline. No, no, no. Before, yeah, well, it's summer already, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. ar- I'm already uh, uh, under the cosh uh, from your merest suggestion. Yeah. Okay, well, good stuff. Uh, unless yeah. you've got anything else, add, well, I think that's pretty much covered off everything that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, as ever, uh, very enlightening, and uh, all our no doubt eager listeners will, will be tuning in to, to this podcast and. Uh, which is a growing number a growing number of us absolutely chris yeah um
1: thank you very much um all of you who listen and subscribe um we do appreciate it we do monitor the numbers and it's always heartening to see um you know when we push a new podcast out there's ever more uh people downloading it um if you do um like the podcast and want to get involved um want to ask a question or want to make a suggestion about a topic that we could cover in future um please do do um uh, tweet us um at fifth step is our twitter handle um, you can obviously reach out to us uh, via our website um, or via email with the details of that um, in the uh, in the uh, notes run alongside
0: the yeah. podcast or indeed on the website. Or, oh, as, as Darren says, there's a Fifth Sense uh, area of the uh, Fifth Step website, so that's www.fifthstep.com. Yes. Um, so log on there, and there's a wealth of material for you to read at your leisure. Great stuff. Thanks very much, okay. Chris. Great. Thanks, Darren. Bye.